thank you for joining us today on the Every Season podcast. Today I have with me Paul Rogers. So if you could introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself and then we'll get stuck into your story, your testimony. And this episode is actually called The Wilderness Experience. So um, you're going to talk to us about that. So yes, can you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Cool. Um, so hi, everyone. And uh, hi, Abby. My name Hi. is Paul, and um, I'm married to the lovely Ali. I've been married 30 years this year, and we've got Amazing. three adult children. And mm. I lead a church in rugby, which is right in the middle of the country. And basically, we've been here 12 years. Um, I didn't grow up a Christian, so I became okay. a Christian at university after kind of just uh, a real uh, conscious search, really, for meaning in life and mm. uh, fundamentally I believe I've, I've found that in Christ and uh, scripture and everything scripture mm. says about Jesus so yeah. it was just a great source of peace and uh, filled the emptiness and mm. uh, eventually has led me like I say to um, leading the church in rugby so that's a little bit about me Abby about yourself and um yeah so the topic today is the wilderness experience but I'm just a little bit curious um into if you can give us a little bit of a background to yourself because you mentioned that you know you found when you found your faith and you said it was a comfort to you so can you tell us like what was your experience in finding your faith and and how exactly was it comfort finding um that peace in the word of god yeah sure so so i grew up on the isle of wight which if you know Mm -hmm. it i have to say is a rough hood yeah abby forget london Okay. Forget London. London's a doddle. The Isle of Wight, that's the place. Uh, that's not really. Um, so I grew up on the Isle of Wight and uh, just found myself. So loving family, um, good group of mates. Um, I was a kind of typical lad, really. Uh, played sport. and But in all the kind of drinking and... Uh, we used to smoke these funny cigarettes that used to make our heads spin as well. Um, in the midst, in the midst of all that, basically there was just a just a complete emptiness. Um, mm. And I went off to university, and it just got worse, really. So I was spending um, like the evenings going out, sleeping all day, getting up for the evening meal not going to lectures and all of that. So my life was Mm. on a bit of a spiral downwards, I have to say. Um, I don't think I don't think I was depressed. But I I, looking back now, I see I was down, I was empty. Mm. And I'd like I said, I'd consciously searched um, and investigated, you know, meaning in it all, I think I was just craving meaning. So Mm. I'd, I'd searched in kind of politics and spiritualism i went for some spiritualist readings yeah they told me things that they had no right in knowing things about my life mm. and what had happened mm. um but but in it all i just didn't seem to find satisfaction in the answers these other areas were giving hedonism mm. pleasure seeking mm. and some christian uh, some christian friends invited myself and a bunch of mates along to a talk on the resurrection of jesus yeah. And for the first time, I realized, really, I'd heard what the Christian faith stood for, that yeah. it was about God had come to us in the person of mm. Jesus, mm. live this life, 
um, I died on a cross, but then lo and behold, he rose from the dead like he said he would. Mm. And, and I just understood if that's true, how did he know that? Yeah. He, he somewhere in there knew some stuff mm-hmm. about this world, about life after death, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, yeah. I basically asked questions, investigated, talked to people, and yeah. came to see that I, I believed Christ was who he said he was, um, mm. God in flesh. Mm-hmm. And we believe as Christians, you ask Christ into your life. It's a step of faith. I did yeah. that, asked forgiveness for the wrong things I'd done. Mm-hmm. And the thing for me, Abby, was I tried to change my life myself mm-hmm. previously and yeah. didn't have the resources. And fundamentally, I believe what happened to me was a power from the outside came in and changed me and it, and it's God's strength, it's God's power. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the sixth form, I was voted the person least likely to marry. Wow. That, that wasn't a compliment. I know. What they, were saying, <laughs> what they were saying there was, this guy's irresponsible, mm-hmm. which I was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, immature, which I was. Uh, like I say, this year I've been married thirty years. Yes, congratulations. Done an okay job of being a. Thank you very much. Um, I've done an okay job of being a husband, being a father. Yeah. That yeah. was a power from outside of me. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a bit of my story, really. Mm-hmm. Very that's thankful. So very thankful that. Yeah, that's 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 so good, and I like that you uh, mentioned about that power from the outside. Like when you say that you tried to change your life before in your own power, like what were the type of things? What did you try to do, and how and how did they go? Obviously, it didn't go too well because um, you're still in that place. But yeah, what were the things that you were trying, and how how did you go about doing that? So I suppose I suppose I went through fads of trying to be more disciplined is probably the word just just in that mm-hmm. like I said I was at university not going to lectures not working heading out mm-hmm. of university um you know I was, I was not far from being kicked out it's definitely that um yeah. and I do shudder to think where I'd be actually if I'd have got kicked out of university I could I could see me of really slipping you know wasting my life um mm-hmm. not fulfilling my potential so I'd, mm. I'd have fads of trying to just do better on that. But I think the fundamental thing is I saw from um, during my teenage years, really, that it was love that is the most powerful force on earth. I just saw that, mm. you know, love is the thing, really, that most nourishes us, sustains us, that we need. And I suppose the thing I'd most tried to do was love others. I yeah. just wasn't very good at it. Like I said, mm. I wasn't responsible, um, mm. you know, didn't have it in me to love others as I should have done. Yeah. So I feel that's probably the big thing that, albeit poorly, I'm definitely poorly at times, God mm. has enabled me to to love Ali, to stay faithful to her, yeah. Um, yeah. to want to be better for her sake, to want mm. to be a good dad. So... Mm. So I think I think that's probably the big area. Okay, that's really good. Okay, perfect. And then um, we, as I mentioned today, the 
the topic for today's podcast is a wilderness experience. So um, we've all had, you know, times where it's been like we've been in the wilderness. So I invited you on to, to share your experience. So do you want to begin setting the scene for us and then we'll, we'll go into your journey? Yeah, I think, can I, can I be a bit cheeky? Um, so, so obviously I'm a church, I'm a church pastor. So I do spend quite a bit of time just in, in the Bible and just trying to wrestle with what does the Bible say about all sorts of subjects, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this wilderness theme is something that very much at the moment is is at the forefront of my mind, really. We do some mm. social media posts at the church and, you know, I've done yeah. a few around the wilderness. So so it is interesting when you asked me to do this, just it was something very much on my mind. And I think, mm. if I may, just I think the wilderness is a really interesting biblical theme. Right. So what mm. you find is, um, and I think I think to summarise what I think it is, I think it's that place of, and I'm going to use some alliteration here, it's that place of where we're separated mm. from all that we formerly knew. Mm. Um, we're stripped back, I think. Mm. You know, there's solitude. So all, mm. the, all, the, all the way markers, all the securities that we previously knew mm. just go. And I think mm. that's the wilderness place where we're just not sure of ourselves. and in scripture i think it's interesting you can find yourself in that place for good and bad reasons Mm. so israel as a people should have gone into a promised land god had good stuff for them yeah they lacked bottle for that were unfaithful and end up wandering the wilderness Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have been there Mm -hmm. equally there were times Jesus, for example, is led into the wilderness. Moses, I think, was led by God into the wilderness. So equally, there are characters in the Bible that that find themselves in the wilderness, and it's not their fault. They've actually been led there. So I think, I think, you know, people listening to this, perhaps, I think some people might think, I feel in a wilderness place. Yeah. What have I done wrong? Right. Actually, I think you can be. I think you can be right in the center of God's will. And it feel like the wilderness. Right. So I think that's that's quite an interesting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Because and I'm glad you made that distinction because a lot of the times as Christians, and I know even myself, I've battled with that. You find yourself in the wilderness and you think, but I didn't do anything wrong, or what did I do? And you start questioning, you know, did you make the wrong choices? Did you do the wrong thing? Is that why you were there? But it's so profound to say that actually you can be led in the wilderness, you know. So so yeah, and thank you, thank you for saying that because I think it will help a lot of people in in their understanding. So uh, I'll stop talking now, I'll let you continue. <laughs> Yeah, no worries. No, no, you need to interrupt me, Abby. Otherwise, I shall speak for half an hour solid, and that's, that's not a good. That's not a good thing. Or something like this. Um, so, so I think I think having said that, whatever the case, and you know, if people are in a wilderness place, and I've seen this in people, people that have ended up in a wilderness place, and it definitely has been their fault. If you like, they've mm. made wrong choices, and it's. It's not a good thing that they've ended up there, but in his mercy, Mm. God uses it, whether we're there through our own fault or whether 
God's led us there. God uses it for transformation. I think if you look at scripture, what you see is time and again, God uses the wilderness. I think this is his fundamental purpose in it all is transformation. Mm -hmm. So even Israel, who ends up in exile, they're led Mm -hmm. into Babylon and taken away by another people and, you know, away from even even their land. God's using that to bring them to their senses, to, to bring about transformation. So, so I, I think in that sense, you know, we're almost, we're to embrace wilderness. Mm. Once we suss we're there, I would Mm. say to anyone listening to this, embrace it. Because Mm. if you're a Christian, particularly, and even if you're not actually, God may just Mm. be using it to change you Mm. for the better. So I think it's I think it's a really in a, in a funny way. That's a really tough place. It's yeah, a re- I was it's just going to say that it, it's really hard. Like it's yeah, it's it's really hard. It is. It is. So so certainly I can you know I can think of times in my life. But I mean, one of the things for me at the moment that I think is I think as a society in a funny way we're probably there now. I think this this whole thing of, you know, the pandemic we're facing, the tragedy of that, the questions we're mm. asking, you know, all the mm. familiar way markers have gone, all our securities, mm. you know, we were we were mapping out our futures, all of us, making plans. Right, yeah. It's just gone. So mm. is it, and if there is a God, for whatever reason and this is a big question isn't it why has he allowed it because there's been tremendous suffering and pain as well but in it all if there is a god and he is loving which i believe he is he's allowed it i think he's allowed it to bring about transformation he wants to show us things mm-hmm. at a humanity-wide level and of course yeah. we're seeing that aren't we you know we're asking yeah, big questions yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we're coming up with big answers around the environment, around mm-hmm. how we do work, around how we do mm-hmm. family. You know, we're seeing right. things, we're being reminded of things that we'd forgotten, I think. So right. I think I think right. where we are as a society and even a humanity, I think mm-hmm. we're in a wilderness place now, actually. Yeah, yeah. So that's... Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there, Pastor. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong there. So then, you know... <laughs> share you know what what do we do when we get into these wildernesses you said embrace it but yeah it can be quite difficult there's so much uncertainty and like you said everything that we've known or that we've been that we're comfortable with is sort of pulled out from under us so then what's the best way to respond to Mm. you know being transformed Mm. in the wilderness because um, from what I'm saying, as well, from what I'm hearing you say, you know, we mentioned about choice and making choices, but even within the wilderness, I guess you can still make those choices as well in how you're going to come out. Um, yeah. Are you going to allow yourself to be transformed as well? Or mm. so, yeah, thoughts on that, I suppose. So I often say to people, be it from the front in church when I'm speaking or speaking individually to people people that are going through tough times Mm. 
which of course often feels like a wilderness, doesn't it? You know, life situations, um, sadness, hardship. Mm. For me as a Christian pastor, I think the key thing all of us need to do in those situations is to get to the place where we hear from God. Yeah. So obviously we believe as Christians that God does speak. He speaks to us in all sorts Mm. of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be something inside you just thinks this is what I should do. It can be something Mm -hmm. someone says to you. You know, if you read the Bible, it might be a word of scripture. It can be all sorts of ways. But fundamentally, I think it's about where we start or what, what, what bottoms us out in the wilderness. And then where we start moving forward is when we just know we've heard something from God. So there's an interesting word. So one of the characters I've been reading about recently is John the Baptist. Yeah. So he's this wild, wild guy, absolutely wild, and he lives in a wild place. Um, And it says, it says of John, it says the word came to John in the desert, in the wilderness. Mm. And that, that connotation of that came to John, that phrase came to John is, the word formed in him. It, it was like birth. Something birthed in John mm. in that wilderness place. Mm. And it was God mm. speaking to him. He heard things from God. Yeah. So what happens when you hear from God in that place is, obviously you can then choose, like you just said, do I obey this? Do I follow this? Yeah. Or do I not like what's being said? And actually I'm going to sort it out myself. Mm. And I do think, Abby, one of the tragedies I see, and I'm sure you see this, are people who you just kind of think, I think God's saying such and such a thing to them. And I think they're possibly rebelling against that or it's a tough word or whatever. And they choose to go their own way. And, you know, we live in a society that is very, very, we very much operate in our own strength, I think. Um, We're very capable. We're a very sophisticated society. We've got all the resources at our fingertips, information overload, so we think we can sort it. Mm. The fundamental way out of the wilderness is to hear from God and do what he says Mm. and then wait for the next thing and do that. Mm. And just step by step, I think, it's a journey then. You just keep hearing from God, doing what Mm. he says, obeying, and take the next Mm. step and the next step. Mm. And eventually, Mm. I think you find yourself emerging into the place God wants you to be Mm, mm, absolutely that sounds so simple and (laughs) but even you know it it does sound simple I guess it is from level but then what about the wait period in between because we can say that you know God will you know tell you the next step and something like that but sometimes you know, there's a wait period, right? And yeah. I know that, you know, we're not always patient. And I think, yeah. you know, because we're all human, because we're all flesh, other things get in our way, distractions, life, you know, emotions, all of that. Um, and that also makes something that's so simple also not. Does that make sense? Does yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. So. Yeah, it does. So it's so just to go back, it's simple. That's not the same as easy, is it? Mm. So it's mm. simple. It may be simple, you know. 
And by by do the next thing you hear from God, I don't mean necessary. You're going to hear something every day to do that day. Or right. It might be though. God just God just says, stay where you are, yeah. or um, you know, have faith, mm. or you need to wait for some, this to happen. Mm. So it may be it's something you know. It's just a, it's just kind of I I describe it as you know we've got to bottom out on God in these situations. Mm hardships in life you've just got to bottom out on god not your mm-hmm. own strength not what somebody else says mm-hmm. and hold on like i say to what he says it's simple mm-hmm. it may not be easy so i agree mm-hmm. with you i think and i think i've been in situations in fact there was one one wilderness situation if you like that i was in um so i was mm-hmm. in a i was in a work situation employment it was a struggle yeah. it was difficult i felt i was hitting the ceiling um there were relational issues. It was just, and there were other things going on. It was just very, very tough. Yeah. And I felt, you know, I thought I, I actually took a day, you know, praying, fasting. I went for a walk in the countryside for the day and it was a bleak day. And I think I thought mm-hmm. the Lord's going to say to me, okay, Paul, here's what you need to do to get out of this place. Leave. Mm. Actually, what God said is, I want you to stay. Mm. I want you to stay where you are and be faithful. Mm. I did that, mm. and in time it changed. Mm. But it was it it was a tough wait. So in one sense, it was simple. I knew God had spoken. I knew mm. I was to stay, but it was mm. tough. Mm. But I waited, and actually, what came out of that was. Uh, emergence into a wonderful situation a really positive situation yeah. if i'd have hurried things that might not have happened yeah yeah absolutely and i think um with that you you get to a place where you know if you're listening out for for god um, you're listening out for god to speak and you are actually um, you're actually surrendering yourself because you're saying, okay, if I'm listening out for what God's going to say, and if he's going to say something I don't like, or that's not the answer that I wanted to hear, am I going to obey anyway? Am I going to make sure that um, I do what was asked of me? And I guess that goes back to, you know, just love, like you mentioned earlier, and just knowing, because for me, in certain situations where I may hear things that are conflicting to what I see or what I feel or what I would like to do. Um, I remind myself that if God has asked me to do this or if I found myself in this place, you know, without not making, you know, following the right things that I was supposed to do, it reminds me that I remind myself that, okay, I serve a God who I believe um, to be good. So even in the bad situation or even in whatever this is, I will do what he asked me to do because I know that um, that's the best option for me. But even sometimes the good, and the the question I want to ask you now, even sometimes where the good doesn't actually turn out to be what we perceive as good, how do we handle those instances? We're very, we're very willful, aren't we? Yep. <laughs> I think, you know, all of us, even the best, even the most mild-mannered people sometimes, you know, yeah. 
you think, well, they're just they're just kind of so submissive and they'll just go along with people or maybe, you know, they're just so so sweet natured actually all of us mm. have got a capacity you read you read mother Teresa's writings and she yeah. talked about you know dark places in her soul i mean yeah. she mother Teresa and nelson mandela i'm guessing are the two human beings in the last you know 100 years that most of us would look at and would say they're the best people on earth actually yeah. even they saw in in their soul were you know was just a, a be it a rebelliousness i mean the bible calls it i think the flesh you know, mm. it's that it's that willfulness. It's it's wanting what we want, and mm. and so coming back to your question, you know, if we don't see things working out like we want, the problem is our willfulness. The flesh rises up. Yeah. We you know we want to go our own way. Yeah. The Bible's remedy for that it talks about Paul talks about crucifying the flesh, mm. which basically means you just. You've just got to kill dead that mm. desire. You've got to battle it. Mm. You've got to stand against it. You've got to resist it. Mm. And again, going back to what you said, it's on the basis that is worth doing because there is a God of love behind who's asking you to do what you don't want to do. Mm. And he knows best. And I do think, again, as a pastor, I see a lot of people who just find it so hard to trust that God's plans really are better. Mm. So I see a lot of times mm. people in pastoral situations and rather than what I've described as bottoming out on God, of, of finding mm. him, at, at, you know, him being the rock they stand on, when it gets tough, they, they say, I'm out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm. do my own thing. Mm. they'll mm. miss the wonderful purposes of a loving God. And, mm. you know, again, it's been my experience, you may have experienced this, yeah. that even in the midst of the worst of situations, we can experience, you know, this, the loving, this, the love and joy of a loving God. Mm, we can know okay. that we can know his compassion and comfort and there's mm -hmm. just so something incredibly sweet mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. um yeah just wonderful about that i think absolutely. Um, absolutely absolutely no definitely i'm in agreement a hundred percent um with you on that and um i think what i wanted to ask you next is you know in your wilderness journeys can you set a scene for maybe one of maybe your your biggest wildernesses where and then we'll sort of talk through you know the reasoning because we can you know as a christians i believe or even as people of faith or even not we know sort of we know these things we have information at our fingertips we have experience that we learn for we read the bible we listen to messages um, so we have all of that knowledge, but sometimes the application of it is um, different from the head knowledge. So um, if you'd like to share a wilderness experience that you've gone through and then just talk to us about it. And I guess I'll ask you questions and how you felt and your reasoning just, yeah, just for the practical act. Um, practical application of all of the stuff that we're speaking out and just seeing another example um, and I think a lot of us will have those examples of how 
a wilderness experience plays out in life and the back and forth and the relationship with God and all of all of the working parts. So, yeah. Mm. So, so I think to be honest, so I did have in mind when you when you asked me to do this an, another experience, but it's just coming to me actually. I think even the last couple of months, I have mm. found to be of this of this nature, which is probably why it's been on my mind. Um, mm. So, going into lockdown, I'm an extrovert, yes. and but also I'm, I'm quite contemplative. I quite like my own space, and you know, mm-hmm. I like I enjoy reading, praying, studying. So the idea of going into lockdown, um, you know, things did uh, ease off in terms of numbers of people. Obviously, I could see and and yeah. uh, busyness. So, so initially going into lockdown um, was was quite a buoyant experience. Um, mm. You know, I've got time to read, thoughtfulness that, that I hadn't had previously. Yeah, it just started to hit me that all of a sudden I found myself very low and mm. you know really quite struggling um mm. and so so of late like i say i think i've probably found myself in that wilderness now i'm not through it yet so i don't know quite yeah. how it's going to pan out although 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 there's indications i'm on the right track but yes so i think what some of that was was a temperament thing like i say i'm an extrovert obviously i'm not seeing people to energize mm. i'm not able to see my family and uh, mm. you know give give my boys a hug and yes. and uh, so that that's been a struggle but then I do think in it as well Abby that God has been doing he's had space to do some deeper stuff in me mm. so he's had me examining myself and bringing things to the surface that go mm. deeper that I've that beyond just mm. it's just the circumstances it's actually mm. i think you know we're so busy aren't we sometimes right that we just don't stop to look inward to reflect who are we where are we going what what journey am i on where am i at who am i becoming mm. we just don't stop to do that and i honestly think god's used this as an opportunity to mm. ask of me some of those questions so yeah so probably my world experience the most pertinent wilderness experience is, is the one that I may just be emerging from now. I like to think <laughs> I'm emerging from it. That's my, yes, that's my hope. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's really amazing. And, you know, I really appreciate that you share that because I know a lot of the listeners will be able to identify with that because, you know, it seems like we've sort of all gone through it together in one way or another and different motions so I know a lot of people would identify it and um, I actually have a question for you in regards to that you mentioned that you know you think that God used that time um, to be able to dig deeper like for you to tell you some things about yourself and um, maybe for you to just learn do you have an example of of something that maybe you've learned or an area that you looked into that you've sort of found insight that you never would have had you been, you know, doing the normal sort of busy life, you know, posturing and doing your normal everyday, you know, work and all of that. Yeah. So, so I think there is something and, you know, you'll excuse me if I don't 
explain this as well as I might. I'm an external processor, mm. so I don't always think things through. But um, right. So obviously, as a church leader, you're busy. You're seeing people. Um, you're standing in front of people, and you get a lot of immediate feedback um, mm. for good and ill. Mm. But you just get response. And again, as an mm. extrovert, that's that's good for me. That connecting with yeah. people energizes me. Somebody's mm. described leading in the situation we're in. Somebody's described it to me as it it must be like leading by remote control. Mm. In that you're kind of at, you're kind of at a distance from everything. So I'm yes. doing things. We we put out a service on a Sunday online, and I, I quite often mm. speak at that. And, and obviously, I do. You know, you do have meetings, they're all on Zoom. Mm -hmm. There's not that personal connection in the same way, is there? Mm -hmm. So so all of a sudden, like I say, I find myself in a bit of a void. Mm. And I think one of the things that's happened in this period, Abby, with that is that um, you, <clears throat> the connection and the... Um, you know, the, an understanding of how you're doing, you're less sure about. Insecurities come in mm. when you're in a void because mm. you don't know for sure in quite the same way, if that makes sense. I don't know whether yeah. this is making sense. No, it but, does. It does. No, it does. Okay, so so there's insecurities around, so how am I doing? Am I leading mm. well? Um, mm. You know, am I speaking well? Am I making mm. good decisions? And because there's mm. not the immediate feedback and everything's a bit more distant, you know, you're not seeing people mm. as regularly. We've got a good church staff team and you're not seeing people as regularly and members of the church and all of that. Mm. And what it's thrown up for me is a fundamental that from a, from a young age, um, I, I realise the extent to which I people please. Mm. It's, it all goes back to childhood and I probably won't go into mm. it all now both for time mm. and you know just yeah. um, but it, it goes back to childhood you know insecurities, people pleasing a lack of affirmation sometimes mm. and and because of that in this season where we're all in lockdown and every, everyone's more distant like I say I found myself struggling with security Yes. you know um am i am i about a good job am i doing it well mm. um so it's been a real source of 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 um you know just struggling with that and feeling low about that and then mm. coupled with i do believe the enemy knows you know we believe there's an enemy and that he yeah. knows us and he knows how we're wired and how he often gets me is discouragement yeah. Little voices that say, "Yeah, you're not really doing a good job. You're not. You're mm. not amounting to much, are you?" Mm. So, so the the kind of lack of response and the distance between you and what you're doing, and then the mm. fact that you know there's discouragement comes in, um, mm -hmm. has been quite a struggle, really. Mm. So that's mm. been my wilderness. Yeah. Now I did say. I think I might be beginning to emerge from it has come really from just having to say, but I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. God's called me to this. 
Um, mm. I've just got to stick at it. I've just got to keep putting day by day, one foot in front of the other and just mm. keep being faithful. So having done that and having done some, you know, practical things, um, it, I felt more buoyant. It's felt like I'm beginning to emerge um, yeah. just through kind of trusting, persevering, just keeping going. In the mm. words of Dory, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep going. So um, like I said, I don't, I don't think I'm entirely through it yet. You know, I'll be glad in many ways when we're back and, mm. uh, you know, back in normal routines. Mm. But I'm getting there. Yeah. And it's like I said, I don't know whether that was clear, Abby, but there you go. No, 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 absolutely. It was a really, really good example um, of, you know, the wilderness experience that we're currently going through. And I love it, you know, sort of at the end where you said you just have to um get just keep on just keep on going and taking it a day at a time because yeah. i think yeah. um when you know whenever there's wilderness experience or something different that we're not quite used to um we as people as human beings have the tendency to want to you know think of oh my gosh what's going to be like next week or next month or next year and all of that stuff is so overwhelming that we really have to just strip it back and just take it a day at a time. And I remember even biblically speaking, I think it's Elijah as well. There was a time that he was also in the wilderness and, um, you know, God sent food for him and all of that. It's a day by day journey and you'll discover different things um, each day. But I guess the choice and the objective is, to, to keep on persevering and that's actually the hard part because it's easy to to stop or it's easy to give up or it's easier to sort of rebel but the hard part is to keep on going to keep on persevering to keep on to keep yeah. on having the yeah. faith so so yeah yeah, um, yeah and I then I it also was like, Elijah mm-hmm. it, it was Elijah and I was, I was going to say actually he was he was told to sleep and he was told to eat. And I think sometimes you just have to, you know, you just have to look after the basics, even that, even Mm -hmm. at that level and Mm -hmm. take it day by day and, you know, get, get to the more sophisticated things later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've got a dog barking in the background, Abby here. Can you hear it or is it okay? (laughs) I can, I can hear it, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay, that's good then. (laughs) it's okay and also you know the fact that you know the mention you mentioned that you feel that you're a bit better but the um the situation hasn't really changed it's kind of just your approach to it right it's kind of you just saying okay this is what it is um how are we going to get through it so um, I think that's also important as well for listeners in the wilderness experience, because I think sometimes we feel that, OK, we're coming out of this wilderness when everything changes and everything's going to turn around and it's all going to be different. And then we're out of the wilderness. Actually, no, like the situation itself may not change, 
um, or it may be changing, but not a significant change. But it's actually, in my opinion, it's your attitude towards it or how you've decided to um, take the experience and what you're going to do with it that is actually, um, I guess, determined sometimes how long it lasts for, in a sense. Obviously, some experiences are different than others, but, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on no, that? I think that's right. Yeah, well, well, God's about changing us, isn't he? Fundamentally, that's right. his highest goal. You know, I think the wilderness is a place of transformation, but it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, the transformation. If there's no transformation in us, we've probably missed mm-hmm. something. Um, mm-hmm. Situations may change, but it's the transformation in us that's key. So I think you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. The circumstances mm-hmm. can remain exactly as they are, but all of a sudden we've changed. And I think, you know, that that is God's highest goal. That's what he's really, you know, he's after he's after um, godly character. He's after the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what he's about producing in us. Um, it may need to be us that changes. And, the, and it just comes to mind when we were, uh, when my wife and I did our marriage prep many years ago, uh, somebody mm-hmm. said to us, you know, in life, uh, it's a, it's like a skiing slalom race, slalom skiing race, mm-hmm. where you have to mm-hmm. ski every flagpole. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we miss a flagpole. We don't go around it. We don't face that trial, go through that issue, deal with that thing. Mm-hmm. God, we then find God has to take us back there. And I think mm-hmm. that can be a bit of a wilderness experience when God has to keep taking you back because you yeah. haven't gone through the situation. You haven't dealt with it the first time right. because it's it's right. us he's trying to change right you know, we, right. we may shift the circumstances and get to a different place circumstantially but we haven't mm. changed god mm. god may have to take us back to the to the flagpole again yeah that's yeah yeah that's that's deep and i i want to ask you that question have you been any been in any of those circumstances where you've um, revisited a certain wilderness um, or an experience again because because of that because the work that needs to be done because like you mentioned you know he's he's after our hearts after building our personal character so are there any experiences that come to mind that you'd like to share with the listeners today? There is a situation without without going into all the details that mm-hmm. revolves around really fundamentally trusting God. I think. Mm. Um, you know, at times in life, there are, uh, you know, we uh, we feel exposed, we feel vulnerable, and we can make wrong choices in that as to where we go for security and comfort. Mm. And mm. Uh, you know, we don't always we don't always make healthy choices. Right. And uh, I think you know, I've had, I've kind of had had some experience of being in that sort of situation where. Mm. You've got to go to God. You've got to trust. He's going to see you through. He's going to look after mm. you. You don't need to go mm. elsewhere. Um, yeah. So certainly, you know, there's, there's, yeah, traits in mm. my character, if you like, where I've, I've had to wrestle with that one and, mm. and, you know, again, go to God, bottom out on mm. Him, trust Him. Mm. And 
In just off of the back of that, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, um, from your childhood, you know, having maybe certain traits of, you know, pleasing people and all of that. So the question I wanted to ask you in regards to that is, you know, how do you think certain things from our childhood that maybe we don't deal with or even just, you know, how life was for us, how it affects us in our adulthood? And then... Um, the second part to that question is, um, how do we go about, you know, making those experiences that we've had, be it, you know, most times we all have negative things that, you know, come on from our childhood and come up into our adulthood. How do we, you know, sort of free ourselves from that or change them into positive things or, um, do better with them? Because, um, in a lot of the podcasts that I have, you know, we talk about, I talk about with people, their different journeys. And the last episode, um, a friend of mine, Susan, and I spoke, and we just spoke about triggers. Like sometimes certain things from our childhood come up and there are actually issues in your adulthood, but they're not actually, you know, they could trigger you. And usually the problem is not actually what's happening at the time, but it's stemmed from the root, which is something from your childhood happening so how how do we deal with that and you know how do we do that you know as people as well trying to be healthy as well because we talk about mental health and all of that and that there's such a great awareness of that especially in the season where you know things are so strange for everybody how do we deal with managing that? So it's a really long question I've asked, but basically I'm trying to say, how do we not let things from our childhood affect us as adults and, um, yeah, use them properly and adequately? And have you had any of those experience? And please share. Yeah. So I've had a lot of experience of that. And again, both based on my own experience, but also as a church leader and as a pastor, I would say, mm-hmm. in fact, I said this to a, a couple of members of our staff this morning, I think most of our issues as adults, um, with the exception maybe of particularly you know, dramatic incidents that can happen as adults, but I think most of our issues mm-hmm. as, as adults stem from our family background Mm. i think it's the way god intended god intended that we are all raised in loving healthy wise caring protective family environments and thankfully Mm. many of us are but even Mm. then we are raised by imperfect parents right and there will be traits there will be traits in our parents and in our siblings uh wider family you know, even kind of, you know, uh, what we call strongholds, even family strongholds, ways different mm. families do things mm. that that are for good. So there's many family traits, ways of doing things that are for good. And then there are things that aren't as wise and harmful. And some mm. of them obviously are really harmful. But even mm. then, you just have some, you know, some families, for example, might worry about money. I know, I know a good number of folks, you know, just their family situation, they never had money. And, and so into adulthood, the siblings, the children worry about money. Um, others mm. might be the opposite. People just spent money. And so you're raised. Mm. So, but, 
I mean, there's all sorts of things like that. Um, you know, mm. a, a negative perspective on men or women mm. or, um, uh, you know, that life is all about getting to the top. And so you've got an ambitious mm. trait in a family. So, so I think it's huge. I think what you've asked is is huge. I think, you know, family background are is it's the seedbed of our life and yeah. it so shapes us. So mm -hmm. so so how do we how do we deal with that? I mean, we're then from that point, aren't we, from adulthood onwards, we're on a journey to wholeness. Mm. So God's heart for us is that we come to wholeness and health mm. and life. So it's not, so you can't say, you know, you need to do this or that, or because it so varies yeah. on our upbringing yeah, and all sorts right. of things going on in our lives. But I think mm. there are some things that lead to health. Mm. I think something that comes to me is belonging to a church family, because mm. I think just like human families, God puts us in families to to shape us, to mould us, mm -hmm. to, to, to bring wisdom into our lives. And so, mm -hmm. so I do think, you know, certainly as Christians, we're to commit to a church family because it's the place mm -hmm. where we can have that input, where we can have that nurturing, where we can have that mm -hmm. wisdom that helps us grow mm -hmm. to wholeness, that points out things in our lives that, you know, mm -hmm. holds a mirror up to us when we're blind or blasé to it. Um, mm -hmm. I, think, I think our own relationship with God has to be vital it has to be alive um you know we need to mm. be be a man or woman of prayer where we're actually yeah. seeking god hearing from god um mm -hmm. reading scripture you know god's word it says divides its two-edged sword divides bone and marrow it, it cuts to the mm. heart of things mm. you know we've i'm not sure we've had times when we've read something and we've, we've just gone that speaks to me right where i am now yeah. So there's all these sorts of things you can put in place for a healthy Christian life, a healthy life. Um, right. And that's all that whole journey is, is for the sake of wholeness. To yeah. One of the verses I love is um, 1 John 4, 9, which says, mm. usually it's translated, um, for this purpose Christ was revealed to destroy the works mm. of the evil one. Mm. that word destroy it has a connotation of unravel it's it's a word coming mm. from loosen to unravel and it's like mm -hmm. you know when we're growing up when we go through life we are sensitive souls and mm. life can be hard can't it it can be a harsh place okay. and we yeah. get damaged mm. and we get knotted and we mm. and, and there's you know some of our problems become very, very complex at all sorts mm. of levels, and they operate at all sorts of levels. Mm. For this purpose, Christ was revealed to unravel those issues mm. so that so that we can live lives, I guess, of simplicity, but of wholeness mm. and health. Mm. Yeah, mm. something in that ballpark, Abby. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm here like saying, mm, and nodding because, um, you know, with conversations that I've been having and just the insight that I've been getting, I'm understanding that, 
you know, we all have different experiences, like you said, and even in the most perfect family, you're still being brought up by imperfect people. So there will always be, you know, something, you know, big or small or whatever. And um, I love, you know, that you said we are working towards our journey of wholeness and um, it it really is that. And I guess that's a good way to see it because from a negative perspective and a, and a perspective that for me personally sometimes overwhelms me, overwhelms me. I'm just like, there's always, there's always one thing after the other, isn't it? Once you've done the work on something, there's always something else. But yeah. I guess if you think of it like a journey and if you think of it as a journey to wholeness as well, um, yeah, I guess you see and the it's a, And it's a multifaceted, it's a right. multifaceted journey as well or we are multifaceted beings so i think as christians sometimes and some spiritualities they see it that what it's all about and i almost Mm. just said it myself but it's Mm. all about the spiritual it's all about read Mm. your bible pray and i know i've just said that but Mm. it's not just about that we are Mm. we are not just spiritual beings we are also Mm. you know emotional mental And we need wholeness in all areas of our lives. We need wholeness Mm. relationally. We need wholeness. Mm. Actually, we need wholeness financially. We need wholeness in terms of family. We need wholeness physically. Mm. So so we need to look after all these areas of life in order to Mm. live life well. Not just, Mm. I've I've seen people, I mean, I know one tragic case of a man I knew who was Mm. very spiritual, pray, times of encounter with God, all of that committed adultery. Why? Because he wasn't looking after his marital health and his Mm. relational health. Mm. He wasn't looking after those areas, very spiritual, Mm -hmm. but not looking after those areas. So it's very important that we, and the Bible's got stuff to say on all of this. It's got stuff to say on Mm. marriage and how to raise children Mm. and how to do relationships and how to look Mm. after ourselves physically. So, Mm. you know, there's no, there's no, yeah, we've got to address all of these areas um and yeah. i've come to learn that I've, I've come to understand more and i realize time's going on here abby but um no no it's fine it's emotional. fine that's good yeah. okay so i've come to see emotions are really important um again going back mm. to my childhood i i not killed my emotions but i i wasn't very emotional i wasn't you know very expressive i, I wasn't in touch with my emotions and then through some life incidents, one of which was my mum dying particularly, very attached to my mum, mm. I realised yeah. all sorts of things were going on below the surface, but I didn't understand what they were. Yeah. And I, I, I phrase it like this sometimes, emotions are like the dashboard of our life. On a car, mm. the dashboard, the lights going on on the dashboard tell us what's going on in the mm. engine. And emotions mm. are like that. They tell us what's going on in our lives below the surface and we must pay Mm. attention to the warning lights you wouldn't not pay attention Mm. to the warning lights on the dashboard saying that you're Mm. out of oil or you're out of fuel or whatever in Mm. the same way we've got to pay attention to our emotions because they tell Mm. us what's going on in our lives you know and if there's lights flashing emotions anger sadness you know whatever it is we need to pay attention and ask Mm. what's causing that Mm. and again doing that there's a lot out there isn't there about emotional health doing yes. that 
leads leads to health. Emotions aren't aren't the steering wheel. We're not to let emotions drive us. We're not to live for happy emotions, mm-hmm. but they are the dashboard. Yeah, they're, they're good indicators. And then um, you mentioned about, you know, when you were growing up that you, you know, killed your emotions to a certain point. Um, do you think that is um, something more specific to men? As in, do you think men either try intentionally or suppress emotions more um you know and and saying that from a male perspective because I you know I would probably have a view as a woman and what women are like and what I think men as but you as a man how do you think men handle their emotions generally yeah so my understanding is there's physiology in this as well I think that that women you know are more in touch with emotions emotions maybe a nearer the surface I think you know that's isn't that to do with hormones and all of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff um and there is something as well in men isn't there uh, around strength is sometimes seen as being unemotional mm-hmm. which isn't healthy which isn't healthy of mm-hmm. course um, mm-hmm. so you know there's an encouragement in some cultures some family situations perhaps again goes back you know some people may have been raised in a family where you know, you didn't show emotions because that was weak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think it may well be the case for various reasons that men. What I would say is men aren't good at generally at being in touch with their emotions, or certainly they're not as in touch with their emotions as women are. I would argue, mm. Um, mm. and I don't think mm. that's good. Um, you know, no. again, we're not to be ruled by emotions, but we mm. are to understand what our emotions are telling us. So I think I think blokes have got yeah. a long way to go. I think they do, and I think yeah. you know we need to be intentional about it, and we need to help one another mm. uh, as men. Yeah. You know, men need to help one another. Yeah, I I definitely yeah. think so as well. Even just looking on the outside in, I think women are very good at talking, and I think that opens a path for us to share our emotions as well. And obviously, there are different things that come into play with you know the difference between a man and a woman. But um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And then you mentioned was, um, there were. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Pastor. Yeah, I was just, I was just quickly going to say, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day, and he was asked in a certain situation how he felt about something. Yeah. And his own words were, "I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue mm. how I feel about that." You know. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely out there. Mm, definitely and actually that's a that's the next question I was going to ask you actually um is like how did you feel in the time you know you mentioned that you lost your mum and she was really close to you um and even just you said you mentioned that few things happened in your life that actually allowed you to open up more emotionally so could you give us a little bit of insight to that and that whole that whole journey from there yeah, so, um, and we're we're okay for t- obviously you'll edit this, um, Abby, yeah, but we're yeah, okay for time. Yeah, I'll just keep talking. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, fine. Um, absolutely so, fine. Cool. Uh, so, I lost my mum uh, August twenty seventeen, mm. and like I said, I was very close to her. Loved her very much. Um, big yeah. character. Uh, loved us as children very warm um mm-hmm. my parents had split up so I was I was 
close to my mum and um uh, yeah so she um and she to some extent she kind of i'd she'd relied on me a bit as well so there was you know yeah. just a strong bond really um mm-hmm. so she died uh and at the funeral it's quite interesting i didn't i didn't grieve and i had mm. i had grieved somewhat prior to that but there were no tears and it came from a sense because my parents had split up and i was the oldest child there was a kind of oldest mm. child syndrome of kind of looking mm. after situations and taking responsibility for situations mm. and there were some tears shed after the funeral and what have you but and and i suppose i thought you know after those initial tears i thought right that's me done i've grieved now Mm. Well, two or three months later, there's there's a there's a weariness, there's a, a mm. struggling, and I just thought, what is this? And mm. basically, through talking with one or two people, I realised this is still grief, and I, and I've yeah. not let it out. I've not I've yeah. not really processed my grief. I've not given space for it. And my wife Ali is very wise in these situations. She said, you know, if you feel tears coming, you need to make space for them. You need to allow mm. that space. And mm-hmm. so, so I did, and had a, like I said, a, a kind of couple of conversations with a, a friend of mine who's a counsellor, and you know, just to kind of try and understand what was going on. So, mm-hmm. so in terms of grief, and and I suppose any strong emotion, you've got to give it space and process it. You've got to mm-hmm. try and understand what what is this, and what is a healthy processing of it. So that was that was some of that. Through that experience, I just realised that most of us have stuff going on below the surface. Yeah. At that moment, at that time, I had a story of where I was at—a very powerful mm. story for me—and and I just realised, you know, most of us have a story. So, as again, as a pastor, it made me really want to give people space and time to tell their story I wanted to hear mm. them mm. I learned what empathy was mm. so, so it was a combination of my own personal experience and then also doing what I do for a living and wanting to mm. do that better and just yeah. I guess understanding people better um, you know all of us have stuff going on and we all deserve to be listened to um, mm. and actually we need to hear ourselves as well in that you know mm. um, yeah, so, so so I think I think that was the kind of journey that I've been on for the last couple of years. Really, it's helped as well. Yeah. Um, I live in a I've lived for some of that last two three years in a house with my wife Ali and my daughter. So mm-hmm. living in a house with two females <laughs> has meant I've had a mirror I've had a mirror held up to me as to <laughs> the, the traits in me that aren't given to empathy. I remember one conversation I was mm-hmm. sat at a meal table, and uh, my daughter was saying about she went into this room and. There was such and such a person and she could tell they were upset because this was happening and that was happening. And I just remember saying to her, how did you know all that? How did you work all that out? And I said to her, yeah, I don't empathise, do I? And it was like a revelation. I don't empathise. You know, I'm in my own little bubble. And I think, again, coming back to what we were saying earlier, a lot of blokes are like that. So mm-hmm. so those are just, some of, I suppose, some of the experiences God's had me on that journey but I think it's a good journey to be on for all of us 
Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Developing emotion, just like you can develop. Sorry, just like you can develop physical yeah. strength or intellectual intelligence. I think you can develop emotional intelligence, and it's a healthy yeah. thing to develop. Yes, absolutely. I'm in agreement with you in that. I think it's a healthy thing to develop. Um, I think it's something um, not to run away from. Like you said, um, like Ali said to you, you know, if you feel like crying, um, you know, you can cry and all of that. But also emotions, you know, not to let them rule you into you know, be at the forefront of your life. But, you know, I really loved it when you said they're just like an indicator. They're like, you know, when lights come up on the dashboard, it's telling you, hey, 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 stop. There's there's something wrong. You need to look at something in, in more detail or pay me attention here. You know, I need that. Um, but also, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't guide your life or it doesn't rule your life. There's still... You know, you're still there to do that. But yeah, yeah I think it's really yeah. important. And, um, you know, even just sharing my own experience from, you know, grief and in the early days, like the emotions will be so um, strong and they would rage and you would just feel like that's it, everything is over, life is, as you know, it is gone. But also with time as well. Um, the, emotion, the same emotions are still there, so the same sad emotions are still there, um, but they probably don't feel as intense. And um, I guess maybe that's a, a growth and a, a strength. So the thing, you know, that makes you sad hasn't gone away. It hasn't changed. It's still there. And it's like we were talking about earlier in the wilderness experience. Sometimes the wilderness is still there. It doesn't go away but it just feels different or you're able to handle it or manage it or even just navigate through it um, better as time. And I think, you know, God really gives us um, time as a gift and also um, wisdom and also the strength of the Holy Spirit as well to, to go through um, those times. So we have helpers to help us along that way whether it be, you know, an emotional journey or whatever, there's help on, there's help that's on the way for us to access. And um, I don't think, you know, we have to do it on our own. And I think that's what may overwhelm a lot of people as well, that, you know, we go through these things in life and it may feel that, you know, we have to do these things alone. Like nobody can act, actually walk your journey for you. But, you know, I believe God sends helpers on the way, Um to you know give you the support that you need and the help and another thing yeah. is that you have to be open to also receiving that help and also open to you know to accepting people in your life you know in different ways um it's but yeah no definitely i i um really like that we got to discuss about emotions and as well from a male perspective so um if you could i think this is the last question I have for you unless you have any questions for me or anything else that you want to share um but the last question I have for you is so what 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 are the three things so we've probably spoken them spoken about them through the duration of the podcast but what are the three things that you would um say to someone um going through a wilderness experience three things Three things, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think there's a fundamental thing. Trust. 
that mm. if if you're if you're a Christian, trust that you are in the sovereignty of God, what we call the sovereignty mm. of God. That in it all, yeah. however bad it feels, however wild, however big the storm waves are, God's still in charge. Actually, mm. if you ended up in the wilderness because of your choices or and they were wrong choices or because mm-hmm. you just feel that's it's just come about and you don't understand it, whatever the case, why, why ever you're there, that God's still in charge. Mm-hmm. And out of that, I think there's something key in this. I was going to say it when you were saying about grief. Because of that, because God's in charge, there's hope. Yes. And hold on to hope. Hope mm. is such a powerful commodity, such a precious mm-hmm. commodity. You it know, is. when my mum died, I'm sure you were the same with Elijah. Mm. If I hadn't have had the hope that my mum is now where I believe she is, she's healed, yeah. she had multiple cirrhosis, she's healed, mm. she's whole, she's young again, I'm going to see her, she's with her mum and dad, my grandparents. Mm-hmm. To have had that hope, grief without that hope must be awful yes but as christians we we have we have such you know it's just a powerful thing in the midst of difficulties but it may not be grief it may be you know it may just be a relational situation or a tough work Mm. situation or a wilderness Mm. of any sort hold on to that hope the fact god is in charge first thing Mm. secondly hold on to hope and then thirdly like i think i said and in that place then just do all you can to hear from God and mm. do what he tells you. Just walk it through step by step, relying mm. on him, hearing from him. Go to him. Don't trust in your own strength. Mm. Don't try and sort it out yourself. Mm. Wait on God and just follow mm. his lead. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Mm, amen to that such good advice pastor paul thank you thank you so much for joining us today on the in every season podcast i know it's going to be such a blessing to those who listen to it so yeah thank you so much for coming and um yeah I'm just looking out on all the there's just a variety of plants and um, mm. you know there's there's flowers and different colors and large ones small mm. ones I don't know, I haven't got a clue what they're called and how you nurture them and stuff <laughs> but what I know is what I know is this God's a tremendous gardener you know he mm. knows where these plants need to be planted he knows mm. what elements they can face Ali's a good gardener you know she knows mm. what elements they can face she knows what fruit they're going to bear, what the colours are going to be, when they need to be planted. And I just feel, for your listeners, if they're a Christian, they're in the situation God's got them, he knows what he's doing, he's going to grow you, he's going to nurture you, he knows what how much you can take, how much sunlight, how much, how much rain, how much wind, and he's going to bring you to fruition. Amen. And we're all different, you know, we're all in different situations. We all look different. Mm. We're all going through different things. But, uh, mm. yeah, God's the gardener, and he's going he's gonna to take care of folks. 
Amen. Amen. I love that analogy. Thank you so much for sharing that, Pastor Paul. Um, we appreciate having you on the podcast today. It's been such a blessing. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us um, on the In Every Season podcast today. I hope this episode about the wilderness season was a blessing to you. I enjoyed speaking to um, Paul Rogers and I really, really enjoyed talking about emotions especially from a male perspective getting to grips with the wilderness from a biblical perspective and also just you know resting on that trust of God's sovereignty I loved the fact that we also spoke about the journey of life and you know the stuff from our childhood we spend a lot of our adulthood getting rid of that stuff or digging deeper or healing from that And from what I can see from myself, it's a worthwhile journey that I don't think really ends, but um, it's definitely worth paying attention to and going on that journey. So um, I pray it was a blessing to you. I hope you got insight and revelation. Um, And yeah, God bless you. Um, If you want to follow us, please do so on Instagram at in every season pod and if you want to follow me directly my alias is at made wonderful so that's m-a-d-e the number one um d-e-r-f-u-l made wonderful um and also if you don't have access to social media feel free to email us at every season podcast at gmail.com you are seen and you are loved take care